in our first week, we talked about a powerful invitation. And we use the story of Achan that's found in uh, the book of Joshua and how Achan, who was a soldier, but he was also a father and a husband. And uh, he, when the ba- battle of Jericho happened and, and all the walls fell, they continued to attack um, the, uh, the city. And Achan decided that he, uh, I'm gonna take some of these uh, precious uh, elements and uh, these precious items, these things and of value, and I'm going to bury them in my tent. And, of course, the Lord told Joshua to tell everybody, none of that belongs to you. It all belongs to God. And so because of that, uh, Achan's family was destroyed. And it wasn't be- what, what invaded his, his home is what he invited into his home. And the bottom line for week one was this. Invitations are more powerful than invasions. And it's so true. As, as I was reading that story, God told me that, uh, God was uh, leading me to that passage, and, and it just jumped out on the page to me. It's like, that invitation Achan brought was more powerful than any kind of invasion. Why? Because your guard is down. They're letting it in. And so, invitations are powerful, more powerful than invasions. Before we talk about even guarding our family, we got to make sure that we're not bringing in some of the very things that we're trying to guard against. Last week, we talked about the Maverick family. And their last name wasn't, was a Maverick. They were really kind of known as a Maverick. Your, your last name is based upon what you're known by or, or maybe what trade or where you're from. Well, Elimelech and Naomi decided to leave Bethlehem. Bethlehem means a house of bread, house of plenty, during a famine. So they left the nation of Israel and went to a pagan foreign land with their two boys. And of course, eventually, they married pagan women, which is uh, against God's rule. And eventually, the uh, Elimelech died, and, and the two boys died, and, and Naomi was left with her uh, two daughters-in-law. Of course, one of those was Ruth, based upon um, the, uh, the book and the story of Ruth. But the bottom line in that story was um, true guardians of the family are not mavericks who do their own things when time gets tough. They surround themselves with other guardians in the church. We see that over and over again. When times get tough, when there's an embarrassing situation in the family, when something goes wrong in the family, or there's, or there's struggles or, or whatever, most, a lot of families, they just say, you know what, we're just gonna tuck away and hide for a little while. We're, we're just gonna kind of run off and just kind of do our own thing. That's the last thing you need to do because then it's very difficult to guard your family because what you gotta understand is this, you are not the only guardian. Parents, you're not the only guardians for your family. There are guardians here at Lake Point Church. There's guardians in our community. Right now, there are people working and and volunteering and serving and sharing God's love and God's uh, gospel message uh, to children. Their guardians are guarding their hearts. They're helping you. Joe Salvatari, our youth minister, okay? He's a guardian for our youth, small group leaders. We all help one another. So when times get tough, don't be a maverick. Don't go and do stuff on your own uh, because it's not gonna end up the way you want. So now that you know that invitations are stronger than invasions and that being a maverick is actually taking guardians away from your home, then you're ready to start establishing uh, the needed protection 
for your family. So today's message, and I'm just going to let you know, I'm, I'm going to stay a little bit closer to my notes today, and here's the reason why. Um, it, it's like a tidal wave of just things that the Holy Spirit was, was speaking to me regarding this message. And I just, I want to make sure I get these things right, because there are a lot, of, there are several sort of things that you, you should try to write down, I remember. And by the way, we do have our church app. I would encourage you to, to, to download that. If you don't know how to download that, you can look um, in the um, uh, bulletin. You can uh, get information about that. But you, if you do have the app, you can go to the menu on the bottom right, hit uh, the more button, and then go to notes. But I have put a lot of notes already in there. Why? Because I want to make sure you have it. In fact, this week, I'm personally going to send out, and for everybody we have in our contact system, an email, I'm going to send out some notes for you to look over on today's message, because it's that important. Not because they're, they're Frank Bennett's words, they're not, they're from the Holy Spirit, they're from God's word, but these biblical principles are something we have got to do, because before we can guard our family, we've got to work on the first line of defense. It's about the first line of defense. Establishing this first line of defense will help make the rest of your job much easier. Now, whether you're, you're married or not, okay, whether you're single or maybe, maybe you are married, but maybe you don't have kids in your house, maybe you're an older stage in life, this message today is going to speak to everybody. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to look at it through the vantage point of a married couple, but I'm telling you, what I share today, you can use in your life right here, right now. And if you know someone in your life who, um, who's not here and they have a family and you want to share this message, it'll be on our website uh, this week, and you can pull that up at lakepointonline.com. So what is this first line of defense? Here it is. It's the godly relationship health of the parents. It's the godly relationship health, the health, the well-being of the godly relationship of the parents. Um, you know, we, we, will, uh, we will talk about parents, but again, make sure you understand, this is for everybody. So, one thing you gotta say as parents is that if you, if you are married, and you, married, you got married before the sight of God and man, guess, guess who was there? <laughs> Your friends, family, God was there. And so God brought you two together. He did. And because of that, you are now one. You need to understand the first line of defense is there's one guardian. Whoa. There's, there's two of us, Frank. There's a, there's a mom, there's a dad, there's a husband, there's a wife. Yes, but there's one guardian. Why? Because you are one. Um, guarding your family will be met with much greater success if you parent as one person, not two. This is so important, okay? You're not, if you're not united, then you're divided. Tweet that right now. If you're not united, then you're divided. You have to be 
united. Jesus said it best. We see this in Matthew chapter 12, verse 25. And we're gonna be mostly in, in Mark chapter 10, but this is just one verse here. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, it says, um, it says this. Jesus knew their thoughts and he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Every house divided against itself will not stand. If you are not united, then you are divided. You must understand that, that approach um, to parenting with this important uh, principle you both should be unified, one unified guardian. So you make sure you understand this, okay? One unified guardian. Okay, you gotta track with me on this because I'm going somewhere with this. One unified guardian. I know you're two people, okay? And even though you, there's some single parents here, okay? I know you're just one, okay? But, but still, you are obviously a guardian. And, and the day that, you know, if God blesses you and, and you're able to, meet that, that special someone and get remarried or, or, or whatever, um, you and that other person, when that happens, you are one guardian together, okay? So, now, because you're one guardian, it also means that there is one love. Um, you want to guard your family because you love them. The level to which you love uh, your love is unified, will determine your success as a guardian. So you want to guard your family because you love them. Okay, that's obvious. Okay, but you will have much greater success to guarding your family if there is unification in your love for one another. Um, but not only just for one another, but with the love of God. Your love for God will establish the first line of defense, okay? The greatest reason for being a guardian for a family is not so that people will think highly of your family on account of maybe your kids are making good choices, you know? Many parents, many parents rule that way. They parent that way. They're like, I just want you to be an embarrassment for our family, you know? Now, sometimes, many times, I'll say to my, to my own kids, hey, you're Bennett, okay? And uh, so you need to understand that whatever you do, you're carrying that family name. And that's fine, but you don't want to parent in a way that, you know, hey, don't, don't you dare embarrass me, okay? That's, that's not really a great way to parenting. But many people do that, okay? It's not about, guarding your family is not uh, about making your family look good, to others. The greatest reason for guarding your family is because you love God and you long to please him. That is a reason. That has got to be the reason why you want to guard your family, okay? It's not to make your family look good. It's not to make you look good as parents. You want to guard your family. Why? Because you love God and you want to please God. And you want to do everything you can with your family to point to him and to live a life of loving God. Um, you want to keep, you want, impurity, you want impurities out of your home because it pleases the Lord, okay? That's got to be the bottom line. You want some of those impurities out of, your, out of your home because you want to please the Lord. Once your kids see 
your passionate love for God as a main reason for guarding your family, then they will see the integrity of your mission. Okay? Once kids see that, so this is important, parents. The kids have got to see the reason why you're guarding them. Okay, why are you setting up boundaries? Why are you taking away their phone? Why are you filtering their phone? Why don't you let them to go to a, a certain friend's house or a certain friend to come over here or whatever? Why? Is it just because you're a mean parent? Okay, I've, I've been told that, <laughs> right? And I'm okay with that. But it's not about you being a mean parent. Your kids have got to understand when you parent through the love of God, it's a deeper reason. And again, we're talking about the first line of defense. Before you can, before you can even talk about guarding your kids, you've got to make sure that you and your spouse, you're loving God together, unified, and that your kids see that you're parenting because you love God. Your kids will understand that guidelines and boundaries are not because you're mean, because you're accountable to God. If God is truly your accountability, then his integrity can't be questioned. If God is your, parents, if God is your accountability, if you tell your kids, look, I love you and, and I want the best for you, but the reason why I'm parenting is not just so I can control you, the reason I'm parenting like this because I love God and I want, to, I want to show that and please God through my family and, and the, the, way, the way that we do things as a family and what I do as a parent. It goes so much deeper than that. And so when you can say, God is my accountability, I have to answer to God. And once the kids see that, then God's integrity can't be questioned. He can't. There's no way. They will see that. But obviously, you have to, you have to live it, which we're we're about to get to that, okay? But this is all about, you know, the one guardian, the one love. This unified love for God is the most important thing. Parents, you've got to be unified in love for God. How do I know it's the most important thing? Jesus has asked us the most important thing, this question. One of my life verses is Mark chapter 12, verse 30 through 31. Mark chapter 12, verse 30 through 31, love of this, uh, this passage of scripture. And, uh, and in this passage of scripture, uh, we see the one important thing in life. Mark chapter 12, verse 30 through 31. We see this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. No commandment greater than these, than to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Um, you know, I have preached these few verses um, Really, many, many times, even before I was a pastor, I've talked about these. I've discipled people with these verses. These are very important verses in the, in the, in the life of a Christian. And so I have taught this through an individual's vantage point 
of loving God. But this week, my eyes were opened. As I was preparing this week, God says, you know, I want you to talk about how you are to love God together, unified as one. You know, we, we see this as uh, in Mark chapter 10, verse six through nine, we see this, but, and this is Jesus talking, but at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be unified to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. They are no longer two, okay? No, you're not two guardians, you're one, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. As I was studying this passage, as you're looking at this passage again, and I felt drawn to, to Mark chapter 12, love the Lord with all your heart, soul. I was like, God, I, 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 that's my, that's, that's an important verse to me. It's one of my top five verses. I love this, but why, I, I mean, surely there's another passage. But then he brought me to the one in Mark 10 to say, all right, the parents are unified. They're one. And if they're one in flesh, then they're one in love. And if they're one in love, then that one love needs to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love their neighbor as herself. And so when you understand that as a couple, as a couple, you are to have that unified love together, that will help set up the first line of defense and your kids will see and better understand. You know, um, you see, when we, when we do our best to love God with our, without our spouse, we, we are, we're actually kind of, we're kind of going a little bit, you know, different paths, different ways. We're just a little bit separate. Let me, let me explain. So if you have a husband and a wife, and they, they love the Lord, and they want to follow the Lord, and they're kind of just doing their own thing, okay? They're going the right direction, but they're not necessarily together. You know what I'm saying? They're doing good things. They're loving God, but they're not together. I was, convi- I mean, I was convicted even just past couple of days in the fact that, you know, there are things that, that Suzanne and I, as we are walking together spiritually, we're just, we're not together. You know, she has her, her quiet time, and I have my quiet time usually when I get to the office. And, and, but I'm just thinking, okay, there's got to be some more things that we do together to love God and to walk together. Now, the same is also true if you have one spouse who's walking in love to the Lord and, and loving the Lord with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength and their neighbors herself, but you have one a spouse who's just really not doing that, okay? It's just not really important to them. You're never gonna be unified. You're never gonna be unified and you will not be one guardian, the first line of defense. So, before we get into the individual things of what this looks like, just a recap. Parents, you're one. God, you made you one. 
You have one love. Our job, your job, is to protect the unity of love that you have with God. So, how do we live out this greatest commandments as a, as, as a couple? And, and why do we do that? You know, it's really interesting that Jesus talks about love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, neighbors, yourself. He, he takes care of the whole person, the whole being. Psychologists, sociologists say that there are five parts to the human, to the, to the human body, not just body, but there, to everything, to everything that makes up who we are. Everything we do falls in line in these five categories. Number one, emotionally. Number two, spiritually. Number two, three, mentally. Number four, physically. Number five, socially. So everything we do, we either have an emotional, spiritual, mental, physical, or social aspect. Jesus, when he said, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, he, he basically nailed it right there. Love the Lord with all your heart, emotionally. Your emotions come from your heart. Love the Lord with all your mind, okay? That's your, that's your uh, mentally. Love the Lord with all your soul, that's spiritually. Love the Lord with all your strength, that's physical. Love your neighbor as yourself, that is social. So Jesus is saying, look, you need to love the Lord your God. The most important thing in this world is to love God with all that you are. Parents, I'm encouraging you today because you are one love together, you are one flesh together to do this together. What does that look like? Well, one heart emotionally. We will show one love towards God when we, as parents, when we both love through our emotions. Our emotional forecast is the barometer of our love. We show love through our emotions, good or bad. That's how we show our love for one another, to our kids, and we show that through our emotions. Our identity determines our emotional expression. If someone has, if someone has emotional outburst, then, then, then their identity is really not rooted in Christ. They may go to church, okay? They may read the Bible sometimes. They, you know, they may obviously know Jesus, may have accepted Christ, but, but if they are having, if, if you're having emotional outbursts, then you're not, your identity is not rooted in Christ. It's not. And so, there are times in my life when I'm like, okay, I've gotta, I've gotta walk away, and I've gotta, I've gotta pray. I, I need some Jesus. I need some Jesus. Susanna and I say that to each other a few times. It's like kids do something, it's like, I, just, I, need, I need some Jesus, you know. And, and, and that's true. But, but when we are fully, when our identity is in Christ, then we're gonna have a better, we're gonna be able to love through our emotions in a much healthy way. You know, there's gonna be conflicts in the home. How many of you have conflicts in the home? Raise your hand. Wow, okay. There's several people who didn't raise their hand. Can I hang out at your place? Yeah, you, there's gonna be conflicts in the home. 
But when you have a healthy identity in Christ, we understand our goal is not to understand conflict. I mean, our, our goal is to understand conflict, not to win it. That's one of our, that was one of our key thoughts yesterday in our men's Bible study yesterday. We started uh, on Saturday. By the way, it's eight weeks. We're gonna be at the office next Saturday, nine o'clock. You can find more about it at Connection Point or on our website. But that was one of our key thoughts that I kind of took away from that. I just kind of added it this morning. And, 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 the, and the fact is this. You know, when we have a healthy identity in Christ, then we understand our goal is to understand the conflict, not to win it. If you're trying to win the conflict, you're not, your identity's not in Christ. When your identity is in Christ, you are able to express emotions in a healthy and loving way. All right, enough about that. Number two, love the Lord with all your soul. We can show our love one single love, parent, okay? One single love to God when we both love on a spiritual level. You know, things like going to church together, participating in small groups together, praying together in, in ways um, to, to love God or just ways we can love God with our soul together. Did you know that your relationship with God is directly connected to your relationship with your spouse? Your relationship to God is directly connected with your relationship with your spouse. When you got married, God was there, there's a triangle, and God is part of it. And when, um, when things are good with you and God, things are good with you and your spouse. Not things, it doesn't mean that you won't have trials and tribulations in life that tries to throw at you, okay? But when things are good with you and God, things are good with your spouse. When things are not good between you and God, things are not good with your spouse. You know, it's also the other way. It's the other way. When things are not good with your spouse, mm, things are not good with you and God. Have you ever prayed? Have you ever tried to sit down and pray to God while you're angry at your spouse? Have you ever? It's, it's difficult, almost impossible. You know, you had a you had a knockout, drag out argument. You know, and and I'm just I'm we're blessed. We just don't have those. You know, thank you, Lord. But but you know, it also affects you know how you treat other people. But specifically today, topic spouse. When you are angry at your spouse, you're holding grudges, you're forgiveness, and you, you have unforgiveness, and you try to go before God the Father and try to pray, it is very extremely difficult. Why? Because your relationship with God and your relationship with your spouse are connected, extremely connected. Everything is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. The battles you face with your family are spiritual. If you don't prepare spiritually for those battles, your family will lose every time. That's why you've got to be unified together. Love the Lord your God with your soul spiritually. Do things together on a spiritual level. Number three, love the Lord with all your mind, mentally. We will show one love towards God when we both protect what comes into and what lingers in our minds. When we protect that together, 
You know if you love something, you'll keep it clean? If you love your car, you'll keep it clean. If you love your house, you'll keep it clean. If you love your body, you'll keep it clean. Somebody needs to tell that to some of my kids. You, um, you guard against trash coming into your car because you love it. Some people love their car more than their mind. Some people love their house more than their mind because they won't allow trash in their house or trash in their car, but they'll allow trash in their mind. As a married couple, you and I can love God by protecting what comes into our mind. That's how we love the Lord, mentally. And what comes into our minds affects both of us. Have you ever... Have you ever had one of your spouse worried about something? Just like worried, sick. Worry, worry, worry. That affects you. It should affect you. You know why? You're one. You're one flesh. And, and when one person has stuff in their mind, junk in their mind, it's, it, it affects even, even the things that are hidden, it affects. They don't know what's up, but they know something's up. Why? One flesh. It's amazing. It's amazing. One flesh. The things that are in your mind, it affects both of you because you are one. You gotta protect those things that are entering into your mind, those things that come across your, your day, okay? <laughs> I got an email last week, and as most of you probably know, I turned 50 last Sunday, and thank you so much for all the cards, the gifts, the hugs, and all the messages. I, I, I was extremely loved on last week. Thank you, church family. But now that I'm 50, I, I, I'm getting these emails, and they're from Silver Singles. Some of you got, some of you people are laughing because you get some of those emails. See, they're from the Silver Singles Club, right? Because now that I'm 50, I'm, I'm part of the Silver Singles Club, and they want me to join, right? And so I'm like, first of all, that's gross. <laughs> and second of all, I can't have that in my email. You know, I gotta, you know, so I, I pass it on to, to junk and make sure it goes there every time and stuff. But, but just, we've gotta do everything we can to protect what is there, you know? Temptation is going to come at any possible way. So when your kids see that you that you love God as much as um, as you do, and you will take whatever it takes to protect your minds from the trash in this world, then they will respect your decisions. When they see that that it's important to you, and that you're doing everything you can to shield your mind from the trash that's coming into this world. They're gonna respect you. They're gonna respect you. But if you're trying to filter them, their life, whether, whether it be what you're watching on TV, what you're listening to, the music, whatever, you're trying to filter them, but you're not really filtering yourself, they're not gonna respect you. You could, you could try all day to put up guardians, and it's, <laughs> it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. So, the fifth one, love the Lord with all, or the fourth one, love the Lord with all your strength, physically. 
We will show one love towards God when we both love on a physical level. Parents, this is all part of God's plan. You know, our, our kids and our house, they know that, that we love each other. They've, they've never seen us fight, but they, they've seen us wrestle. <laughs> you know, I mean, we just, you know, it's like and the, the other day, last night, I think it was, you know, our kids are like, okay, uh, your room's upstairs. It's like, well, we're, we're getting old now. You know, we don't want to climb up those stairs, you know? Um, let, me, let me ask you a question. Do you want your physical love to be unified? You don't have to answer that out loud. But do you, do you want your physical love to be unified? Probably so. Well, here's how you do it. You take care of and you protect and you grow together in love to God in the first three that we talked about. When you love God together with all your heart emotionally, with all your soul spiritually together, and with all your mind mentally, and you show that by what you're guarding in your mind together, then guess what? The physical part, take care of itself. It will. Take care of itself. In fact, I think the opposite is also true. If there's, if there's issues there physically, it could be that maybe you're not taking care of the first three, that you're not loving God with all your heart together, your soul, and not loving him with your soul, with your mind. When you are unified in love to God through your emotions, your spirit, your mind, then you will experience, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. When you are not unified in love to God through your emotions, your spirit, your mind, then you will experience a famine in the bedroom. You will. I've talked to plenty of guys, and that's, that's what it kind of boils down to, okay? So if you want to have physical love that is, that is unified, take care of those first three. And the last, love the Lord, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And this, this takes care of the social part. I call this sort of our, our mission, you know, our mission in life is just to love God, love others. I mean, that's the whole Ten Commandments in a few simple words. Love God, love others. You look at the Ten Commandments, all ten of those will fit in one of those two categories. Love for God, love for others. And so the first four, if we love God, it's going to be really easy, natural flow to love others. You know, this, this love that we are to show to others crosses all racial divides, all political parties, yes, even sexual orientation, and all economic status. This love, this love crosses all of those because it loves people first as God's creation. And when we truly love others like Jesus loves them, then race, bigotry, and pride will not survive in our home. Will not. I grew up with a father who had a few choice words, and still does, for people of different races. 
you know, and when I was a kid, I kind of laughed at it, but as I got, you know, teenager and so forth, and especially after high school, I was like, that, that's not right. That's not right. You know, if we, if we want to show our kids the love of Christ, that we're gonna love people no matter what their background, just like Jesus would love them. Your kids will respect you because of that. We will love God and not only just love people for where they're at, but, but when they need help. When your kids see that you are helping others, they're going to gravitate that, to that and they're going to respect you for that. You know, imagine an entire generation. If, if an entire generation had a healthy love of all people, no matter their background, man, what an amazing generation that would be. The way to guard your family against those things is to show by example. So, as I, as I close this out, you know, I, I think the biggest takeaway on this is this, it, if you're not united, then you're divided. You, the first line of defense, parents, it starts with you. Now next week, we're, we're gonna be talking about some more things that trickles on down further in our family. But parents, you are the first line of defense. And that first line of defense, you have to understand, you are unified as one flesh. And if you truly love God, if both of you love God, you're unified in one love. And if you're unified in one love, then guess what? That one love together should love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others like yourself. When your kids see that, when the enemy sees that, that is a strong line of defense. You've got to be unified before, you've got to be unified before you start setting up guardians, before you start setting up boundaries or whatever you, you call it. You have to be unified. If not, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Now, you may be sitting here today and you may be thinking, well, Frank, I, 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 I know God. I mean, I, I, mean I, I know he exists or I believe he exists or maybe I'm kind of searching. Obviously, you're here today. Maybe you're listening online. And, and, but, but yet, you don't, you don't really have that strong love for God because you've, you've never surrendered your life to him. It's kind of like a marriage, very similar to a marriage. When a husband and wife are married, they surrender their life together, individual lives, for the better of the one and create one new life together. God is asking you to do the same thing. Marry into his relationship that he's offering for you, the salvation gift. He wants you to do the same thing. He wants you to surrender your life to him. Guess what? He surrendered. Did he surrender something? Yes. He surrendered heaven's throne for a time down on this earth, surrendered his life, surrendered his body for you. He did his part. And you can do yours by surrendering your life to him, saying, Jesus, 
I'm done trying to live my life on my own. I'm tired of having a fake love. I, I can't do it. And you can't. Sure, there's a lot of loving people in the world that are believers, but it's very, very shallow. And it's, it's, it doesn't have any eternal value. So your Father in heaven, your Savior wants you to surrender and to say, you know what? I need to fall in love with you. I need the kind of love that Jesus had. And maybe there's, maybe there's parents here today who are like, you know, Frank, I've, I've made that decision a long time ago. Maybe I, you've been baptized, but, you know, I just, I really, I really need, need to up my game. Meaning I need to, I really need to get more serious about loving God with all of who I am. But, but also I need to do this with my spouse. We need to do it together together. 